Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. We're a little Heidi Collins ish, so that's good. You're totally <laughs> Heidi Collins ish. I don't know if that's good or bad, but so I was good. just gonna say, like, this is amazing. This is right in my lane that it's, what you guys are doing. Right. So we totally were fangirling you, as you can imagine, for years <laughs> after we first met you. So we yeah. were years, um, which we'll talk about also, but. Um, we decided we're gonna, obviously Corona is still an issue, but we're mm -hmm. going through the theme of how people have stepped at a line in their life. And- um, we Oh, got, I've never done that. Oh, cool. <laughs> so we got this from um, Alex Bornstein, who's an amazing actor. She is um, in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And when she won an Emmy, she gave a speech about how her grandmother during the Holocaust stepped out of line and how that led to her survival. And she ended the speech saying, ladies, step out of line. And we said, wow, that's gonna be what we're gonna ask people. How have they stepped out of line in their life? And no I matter how many, that. we've asked, you know, 50 something people how they've done it. And it's always what we don't expect to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and it's kind of awesome. Some people have done it multiple times. Some people have only done it once in their life. And it's just really great to hear people's stories. And I know that you are a storyteller yourself. And mm -hmm. with your new company that you've come out with, which is awesome, you are working Thank on you. branding companies and doing what you do best, which is, um, telling people stories of lives and products and, and companies and, and getting people excited about it. And the way that you're doing it is, you know, obviously the best form of, of media, which is video. It's what you have worked on, I would guess, your entire life. Am I correct? That you're you like, are. Right up you your alley. Are. Yeah, so yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? And then we'll go into how you've stepped out of line in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to think about the stepping out of line because at first when you said that, I was thinking about like being out of line. <laughs> and that has a very different meaning, right? Well, um, sometimes you have to be so, out of line and to when you step, out of, step line, out of line, you're, you're out yeah. of line. That's it. It's the yeah. same. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, it could be a gay, like, mm -hmm. like a great experience. So it could be like, oh, why did I do that? You know, right. but either way, it changes right. the course of things. So it's kind of interesting. No doubt about it. And, you know, I think there's a real synergy or a parallel, if you will, to um, sometimes either being brave or feeling like, you know, so convicted about something that you had to be brave enough to step out of line or, 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 or just stupid. <laughs> so I bet there's, um, there's, I, I'd love to see more of what people have to offer on all of that, because uh, I can't, I can't imagine how different the perspectives would be for mm -hmm. different people's experiences. Um, as far as I think what you asked was about kind of what I'm 
what I'm doing now and um, how the last time that we were together, which I can't believe was so long ago, but you know, I always love to not only share the piece that we did together with people, but um, I love to look back at it and realize that it really genuinely was the very first story that I did um, with a brand. In other words, you know, I'd recently been hired at Lifetime and your story, Perry, was the very first brand storytelling piece that I've done. And so moving (laughs) forward from that, without that, and without the reaction that we got from it and, you know, the emotion and the way that people just really glommed onto that story and what you and your family and team Perry was doing was such a wonderful feeling for me and um, such a validation, if you will, for, hey, you know, I, I think we should be doing a heck of a lot more of this. And then on a larger level, um, now seeing and looking back how many companies and how many brands have really invested in that kind of storytelling. So it all started with you. I mean, honestly, it really did. It's well, super no, fun no, to no, think no. about that. Wow. Yeah. No so, so now um, it was three, three and a half years at Lifetime, right? And I started to get quite a few questions and quite a few inquiries from people about Uh, We ended up doing 55 brand films there in that course of time. Um, Then I started to get, you know, a a bit of interest from other companies. And I started thinking, wow, it is, it is a big world out there. I probably could go and do this for, for others. And that's kind of where it all came from. So now I have several different clients and I get to work in a variety of different industries but kind of remarkably and organically, they have all seemed to fall in this bucket of health and wellness, which is kind of at the core of my DNA and certainly something that I feel very passionately about too. So that's been lucky and a blessing and really fun to be able to work with other companies that are kind of in that same area. Um, so it's it's been outstanding. I've been able to work with some amazing people and all of my photojournalists are amazing, like people that I learn from all the time. And um, I think we have some some good relationships that are gonna last for a very long time. Wow, that's like so amazing. I had no idea that Perry was the beginning of a big change in your life uh, because it was- Absolutely. it was really a catalyst for us as well. And yeah. I know we've spoken because we've kept in touch since 2017. I always let you know, you know, what Perry's doing, what she's up to. She graduated, she's in college, you know, everything. It's is so going on. awesome. Yeah, so, I just and, love it. So I've always felt such a connection with you as a person, as a, as a, as a woman who we just fell in love with the moment that we met you. And what oh, you, what you. you have done with the 1000 step yeah. video that you've done for us, um, it changed, her. It changed well, the course, yeah. it changed the course of Perry's life, I would say. And, and oh, I'll explain, gosh, I'll explain why, because, um, you know, when we, when we had it aired and it was amazing, it was even better than we could ever dream it was. And I, even the opening shot of high above Miami, and it was just one of the coolest things ever. And people began to watch it and people began to talk. 
And we've had yeah. people come up and say, hey, I was at Lifetime working out and here I saw a video and I said, oh my God, that's Terry. And we're like, whoa. So, but people began to talk so and sharing cool. it. And it caught the mm-hmm. eye of um, Nelson Figueroa, who is a, a former MLB player and he is a sports announcer and now he's also a trainer. And it caught his eye because he had met Perry when Perry was a little girl, like seven. And then he saw the video yeah. in 2017. And he said he cried on his couch when he saw it and inspired him to race with team Perry, which took a lot because it's a, it's a 13.1 mile race. So you really have to commit to it and raise over 270,000 that first year for high lifeline, which is the charity that we run for, as you remember. And that inspired more people. And more people yeah. to the point where it's been 11 years of us racing and training and raising money. And Perry has inspired people to um, raise, I think we probably are like almost at 700,000 right now for High Life. Good Month. Lord. So that video. That is outstanding. That video was a catalyst to so much. And also probably helped me get into the Right. Um, yeah. He was yeah. a salutatorian for school. And then when she was deciding on what college to go to, she wrote mm-hmm. her essay about the thousand steps and the video and what it meant to oh, her. Oh, you're kidding. I want to see that. So it was just, in, in, it's, it's infiltrated in every facet of her life her school is aware of the video and what she does it, it helped her she's majoring in marketing and that all started yeah. because she, because of you because oh you guys realized, realized come work with me perry <laughs> <laughs> she just realized the impact that it has and the impact that she can have by telling her story and after speaking with you and you brought out some really important and deep questions in, in us questioning also how we were living our lives and taking care of Perry mm-hmm. and, and us as a family. And it really brought us together. And because of that, it enabled Perry to open up herself more to more interviews, um, helping more people, getting her name out there. And, you know, we always knew that in order to get people to understand what you're going through, you have to open up your soul and your heart to them. And Perry really wasn't There's no ready question. She was and that can be scary. That. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and because of your interview, I think we all realized that we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. So kind of mm-hmm. awesome. You really, I don't know if you realize that that's the impact that you've had and on so many people we don't even know. So, I had absolutely no idea. I knew a little bit because you told me um about the beginning of the story and um that was just incredible but i didn't know that about the dynamic uh, of you guys and feeling like you know you could open up a little bit more because that's such a gift and that it it makes me want to scream out it it, this is why i do what i do i mean it's such an honor to be able to sit and have people you know try to open up and try to be um, you know, braver than maybe they've been before. And um, it, it takes a while oftentimes to create that trust and that relationship. And, um, you know, it really works both ways. So you make me a better interviewer and someone who listens better when I can see that that you're opening up, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. when when you try to do this kind of delicate dance where, wow, they're, 
they're really opening up to me. I need to listen even better and deeper so that I can understand how important these different things are to, to who I'm talking to. Because sometimes, you know, um, there's some stuff I'm doing uh, that I'll tell you about in a minute, but sometimes, and, and it happens more frequently than you might imagine. You go out after a story and it turns out that you're following a story and you're starting to get a story that is not at all what you first set out for it to be. And, um, you know, in journalism, it's a little bit different. That can be okay. You just have to convince a few producers and uh, a, a few other people that, hey, this was the real story, guys. And, and this is what these people were telling me as I sat you know, across from them, it's a very intimate situation when we're interviewing and we're talking like that. Um, in business, I've noticed, however, that um, it's not as easy to come back and say, listen, we thought we were going to do this, you know, from a marketing standpoint. But now what I learned when I was out there is this is more of an issue from a marketing standpoint. We should be going after one of these marketing themes instead. So it's kind of, I joke, I call it to storyboard or not to storyboard. Um, yeah. But storyboarding, and you probably know all about this, Perry, but uh, in marketing, you know, they want to see the storyboard of, okay, we're going to shoot this commercial or we're going to shoot this story, which ends up being, you know, a longer format commercial sometimes, not all the time, not in brand storytelling, but traditional marketing, right? And so they say, all right, let's make a storyboard. And in the first scene, we're going to have this, and then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And then someone usually makes these beautiful drawings and they hold it up and the marketing team goes, yay, go do that. Well, with brand storytelling, especially from a journalistic standpoint, it's the exact opposite. So we come up with a rough idea after hearing, you know, what the marketing themes are and what some of the company priorities are. We go out after finding you know, the characters who we wanna to talk to about these things that we think will fulfill some of those ideas. And then we start listening and we start learning and we realize, wow, that's, that's not at all the feedback that we're hearing about our product or our company or our service. So we better listen to what they're saying because this is what people are actually talking about. This is how people are actually using our product or reacting to it. Mm -hmm. It's like invaluable. So then you go back and you go, well, I'll tell you what, this is really what the story is. And they go, oh yeah, but that's not what we wanted them to say. We wanted them to say this. That's not how it works, right? I mean, I need to be listening to what you guys are saying um, in a very unscripted and organic manner that is still for a lot of companies, very brand new and, 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 and kind of, hard for them to adopt. Right, because it's old school thinking to think that they're gonna have a plan and then they have to stick to it and carry it out. It's, mm -hmm. it's very hard to be on the fly, so to speak, and, and just be able to adapt and adjust. Yeah, all about that. pivoting, right? right. Mm -hmm. Pivoting, that's the word I think it was of 2020, but it's becoming 2021 also. Pivoting, which is what yeah. we all need to do. So let me ask you, we spoke about stepping out of line. Would you mm -hmm. say, what would you say would be the most memorable experience that you've had stepping out of line? Because obviously starting your own company, that's a big stepping out of line. Is there anything else you could think of, even in your you know, youth as a new reporter? 
Um, gosh, I could think of a couple of smaller examples, which I'm happy to share, but I think the absolute biggest example is the whole transition that I've made from television news and journalism into um, corporate storytelling or what we're calling now brand storytelling. Uh, that was a big stepping uh, out of line for me because my entire career, all my training, everything that I did was really all about television news. Um, sure, there were interviews that, you know, I needed to be um, very, very persistent. There were other interviews where I needed to dig uh, deeply into an area that we, we didn't think we were or know we were going to have to do. Other times where breaking news would happen, which was a lot of the time since I did so much live TV. Um, that's certainly stepping out of line. But all of those things are, in my opinion, are, are somewhat involuntary and just maybe part of the job. The idea or the moment um, that I stepped out of line to go into business, I always say, and people laugh at me because that's so vague, but um, I think would be uh, the biggest pivot that I have made and that has shaped my second half of my career, no doubt about it. And it wasn't easy at all. It was very, very hard because a lot of people saw me in business as, um, oh, that anchor woman. Well, what is she gonna know about what we do here at our company? <laughs> you know, she's been reading a teleprompter for 25 years, cause that's what they all kind right, of seem to think it is. You just hop up there and someone does your makeup and you read the teleprompter. And you know, certainly that wasn't the case because um, I, I don't think I would have um, garnered the skill sets that I have if that was all we were doing. Um, so that storytelling piece and the interviewing and the getting to know people and all of the stuff that is my most favorite um, about my past career is what has been most important and the pinnacle of my second half of my career. And um, it, it really was it really was not easy. It took a long time. And um, I think every day I kind of said, well, I don't really know if I'm actually doing this or not. Um, but I guess now, what is it? Seven years in, I guess I'm really doing it. I'm really, really in brand storytelling now. <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody you could think of in your career interviewing that you knew you, you were going to interview the person and you were all proclaimed, you were sweating, you were like, what am I going to do? Or did your training always kick in and you just had it? It's a really great question. Um, because I certainly don't want to say that I haven't been nervous or that, um, that I always knew exactly what I was doing and that I always had a perfect interview. I mean, that would be ridiculous to say. Um, but I can at the same time say that there's no substitute for training. Um, there's no substitute for, I mean, there's just no way that even after these 58 or whatever we've decided it is interviews that, that you've done, Perry, that they don't feel easier now. And you, you haven't picked up some habits or some definitely do not do's um, or, or some of that. So that's all training. So I would say, you know, people always ask me this question, um, at least, and who was your favorite interviewer? What was your biggest interview? 
Um, so this is a nuance of this question, but I would answer it the same. I would say when I was interviewing a sitting president and um, it was, and I think it always is, I don't wanna speak for every journalist out there, but it is, it is always, you know, a big moment, a, a pinnacle of your career, something that you, you hope for and wish for, I think, along the way to get that opportunity. Um, and the preparation that went into this particular interview was, was deep and long and, you know, I had envisioned it and I had, you know, not slept and I had, you know, just done pretty much everything that you could do both right and wrong for this moment to come. But then I'll tell you when the moment came and now this is after, you know, SWAT teams are positioned um, up above where, where the interview took place. This is after special forces have, and the White House teams have built the set that we're gonna sit on to do this interview. This is after my parents and my husband and my son had joined and are standing in the back of the, <laughs> where the interview was. My point is, is it couldn't have been a higher pressure, bigger interview than I'd ever done. But there was something about the training that I do think kicked in because I'm not sure if that we've ever talked about this, but I don't use notes when I interview. I don't read questions. I don't prepare questions in advance. Um, to me, what the success I've found is much more about having a conversation with someone and, and knowing kind of in the back of your mind or knowing the material well enough that you know the main points that you're gonna to have to cover, but then being very, very careful to keep it conversational and to listen like we've talked about because um, sometimes you can veer off course into something that's way, way better than, than what those you know, three or four priorities that you thought you were gonna be after um, take you. And that's what you have to be really careful of. So during that interview, um, I found that putting away my, at, at first I had prepared this list for the first time in my life. I had prepared this list and I, I remember I had it sitting on my lap and at the very, and you know, there's a lot of people saying, you know, do you have, do you have the questions? Do you have the questions? Right. I'm like, wait, why, why am I doing this? Why am I all of a sudden changing the way that I've done things pretty much my whole career because this is the biggest interview. I should have flipped that and say, this is the biggest interview that I've done. And now I'm gonna do exactly what I've been doing all along and it's gonna be all the better. So once I did that, I think there was kind of this calm that came over me and um, you know the, the whole crowd once uh, the president arrived was super welcoming and, and very you know, relaxed and that helped a lot too. But if I hadn't been open to that, if I had been sticking to this, okay, question number seven said this and question number three, okay, wait, I gotta go back up. You know, what am I gonna do if he doesn't answer this? It, it would have just been a total mess. Um, so I just kind of let it happen. I put the questions down on the ground two producers behind me went like this <laughs> and we began the interview and it ended up being the great conversation. We made news. In other words, um, all of the other networks picked up several segments of this interview. It was an exclusive interview. So um, that was a pretty big form of flattery for me. And uh, I think 
given the feedback from um, the president and the press secretary and the viewers and my mom and dad, my husband, right. <laughs> um, it was a really solid interview because it was just sort of a, a formal chat. And I think you probably know what I mean by that by now with all of the interviews that you've done. Yes. Um, it's funny. I think one of the first interviews that we kind of really went somewhere where I was a little afraid to go, but that we just did it was Daryl Strawberry we interviewed. And we spoke mm -hmm. about um, his life today. And we spoke about his past life when he was a ball player. And mm -hmm. for some stupid reason, I wasn't afraid to ask him these questions that maybe I would have said, don't ask him or don't talk about it because I don't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes and I don't want him to be uncomfortable. But I really was, I really wanted to know more about him and how he made that transition as a person. So right. I just went for it. And, yeah. um, and who am I, you know, to, to, to do that? I'm, you know, Long Island mom taking care of my daughter all day, you know, and, and here I was at Daryl Strawberry and he was just, amazing and i'm so yeah. glad that we did that interview the way that we did it i find a few other people also that we've just asked questions that you know i really maybe had no right to ask or who am i to ask and you just ask it in in such a way that not to make them feel uncomfortable but to make them feel like they could open up and i know it's worked for us terry and i we prepare questions before an interview you, yeah we used to talk about what we're going to talk about we both do research sure. and we meet before you know, that kind of thing. And we do it. And now, we, oh, yeah. now we go with the flow more. And some of our, yeah. our funnest interviews are just going with the flow. Right. We're, we're right. And that's not to say, right. And that's not to say not to do your research and not to know who you're talking to and some things in their past. And I don't mean anything, you know, salacious, but, you know, to make sure you, because how silly would you feel, right? If you wanted to go with the flow, but like maybe the day before, like this huge news story had, had right. mentioned them or something and you didn't know. So you still do all that, right? But then when it comes time for the interview, it's like playing golf. You can take all the lessons in the world and learn how to swing and do all this stuff. But when it comes time to go up there, you just hit the ball. So you, you got to kind of not flush, but just put all that stuff that you studied in the back of your mind so that you can have a good conversation. Right. You, you nailed that. That's exactly right. Well, it's taken 50 to 50 something times. I'm sure our next 50 interviews will be even better. We once asked two friends, we said, you know, what should we do? Should we interview? Who should we interview? How do we get interviews? And one person said, go big or go home. And the other person said, how about just the common ordinary man? And I asked Perry, what do you think? And she goes, go big or go home. You know, yeah, right. I knew she would it. say that. Right, we're doing this to go big or go home. Um, and you knew when you met Perry years ago in, in 2017, right? That she had moxie to her. Because when oh. you met her and you spoke to her, you knew that she had to be strong and she had to have something to her in order to do what she does. Um, yes. And you saw that in her. And I think it's, it's gotten, as she's going through school and learning more, and as she's becoming more confident in herself and her own marketing skills, um, it's like we created a monster, but she's like so far beyond what I could ever <laughs> give her or do for her. So I'm like just running after her at this point. But well, she's taken the ball and run with it. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt about that. There's, yeah. That doesn't surprise me one single bit, Perry.
I mean, my favorite part of the interview, you guys, and I know you'll remember, and I'll probably forget the numbers exactly, but when when we were kind of talking about how this was going to go and 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 I asked you something about, you know, once you get going and and once you find like your rhythm and you got you're up and you're going, you know, how's that going to feel? And you gave this amazing answer about you'll be, you know, thinking about your friends and you'll be thinking about camp and you'll be thinking about all the people that you hope can do something like this. And then your mom's um, talked a little bit about how long it was going to take. Do you remember what I'm talking about? And um, Lori, you said something like, well, we think we're going to go, you know, it'll take about, about an hour or so um, to be able to, to transition. I can't quite remember what it was. And then Perry leaned over and she said, 45 minutes. And you said, okay, that's right. Well, got right. We'll do it in 45. Right. It was, it was so awesome. That. Yeah. It was my favorite part. You remember? I remember that. I because remember that. Because that's who you are, right? You wanted to get out there and, and do what you wanted to do on your own time. And it was important to you to say, I don't think it'll take us that long. Right. <laughs> I just, I love it, it. It was, that was probably the most fun we've ever had at a finish line. You meeting us right before and then running with us. And, and we just had so much fun. It was very exciting. And we've tried to recreate every year after that same excitement. And I think we've been successful. Yeah that last mile to the finish line, making it a big deal, whatever she's done, whether she's walked, she's walked backwards, she's whatever she's done. Um, and this year she, she had a rough year medically and I don't know what she will be able to physically accomplish at the next marathon, which yeah. is February 6, 2022. Um, whatever nice. it is, um, I know we're gonna have a great time and we're bringing a big team again this year. And, and I'm hoping maybe you could so find happy. some reason to be in Miami on February 6, 2022. I would love to be there. I would, would love it. Fun. Um, but we really try to make it as special as you made it. You showed us it can be that one year. Um, and it's just become part of you know who we are even more so. And it really I'm shows us- hear it. It, it just shows us that no matter what happens in life, there's always hope and there's always something that amazing that can happen even when you're in like your darkest times. And I know most of us, 2020 and 2021 has been, you know, a doozer. So, yeah. um, you know, just to have, really has. to have hope and to have, you know, something amazing like that in your life is, is what's kept us going. So I'm we would so love glad. you to be part of it again. Part of Team Perry it would be so much fun, and well, um, and thank you for everything that you've given us. I, I, you've given us a huge oh. gift. And Heidi, uh, are you kidding? Everything. Listen, you guys are are by far the most favorite people that I have met in my entire twenty. I don't even know how many years, and I hate saying it because then it dates me. <laughs> but um you know, 28, 29 some odd years of, of telling stories. And the main reason is because um, you not only keep in touch and allow me to keep in touch with you, but um, you have progressed so much since when I met you. I just loved being able to see that, you know, we started with 1000 steps and then the next year you did more and the next year more and, um, that was all because of you and, and wanting to set those stakes out even farther and, and those goals even higher. And 
that's the moxie that your mom is talking about. Not everybody does that. Some people are like, okay, well, I did that. And so, and so now I'm done. But to continue going back and to making those goals even bigger and better is, is really something. And I admire that in you. And I think other people admire that in you. You know, you keep them going. You, you keep them on the edge of their seats so they don't get complacent and they don't, you know, start settling for, for things when they right. could be pushing themselves harder like you are. In anything in life, whether it be, you know, a marathon or shooting for people to interview, um, right. you know, any, anything that she sets her mind to, she has a plan and she accomplishes it. And um, it might take her longer to do one thing and she might have to go it like a roundabout way than she originally planned, but she's going right. to eventually accomplish it. So, um, you know, we're telling Kelly well, Clarkson, no doubt. Rock, yeah, we're interviewing you one day. I don't know how we'll do it, but Perry's after you. Heidi, we love Good. you. Love, love you. you. We love. Oh, thank you guys for having me. And we miss the, like you. the Perry Hour or the I Perry know. Half Hour or whatever we've been talking. Got to come up with a name, I know. right? And then take them all and fireside put them chat. on there. Fire, yeah. Fireside chat without the fire. No fire. <laughs> no fire. Um, Last thing I want to tell you because I don't think I really verbalized on this very well. You know, when I'm. Um, when I'm trying to get a new client, I, I've put together a deck um, that has, you know, all the stuff we do and, and who I am and who my team is and, you know, why video is important, all the stuff that you, you would imagine on there. And of course, the last page, what do you think is there? Work samples. What do you think is at the very top? Our piece together. Aww. So um, I really do. It really did mean the world to me. And it really is a very, if I do say so myself, I mean, I had a lot of people working with me and helping me, you know, I had a great editor and, you Thank know, you. just wonderful. And then you guys like, hello, are wonderful, wonderful characters, as you say, in a story, right? Um, and characters in real life. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we have that piece right at the top for, for people to look at and see the kind of work that we do. So it was, it was, I um, haven't met anybody I'm who very grateful. watching it. It's a very emotional, beautiful video that you, that you put your heart into. And it was obvious that you put everything you had into it. Uh